there's a, a lot that goes into uh, these outdoor services. So I want to just first of all tell you uh, that uh, I owe a huge deal of thanks to all who were involved in getting this ready. Um, a lot of moving parts. Uh, as you can see, there's folks all around us. Uh, appreciate all those who carried people back and forth and just a, just a lot. Uh, there's a lot of uh, parts to this, but you know what? It's worth it when you see all the folks come out and enjoy it. Um, it is a beautiful day. The sun is kind of starting to shine. Um, hopefully, uh, you feel that air a little bit because here we do not. It's completely blocked off here, so I'm in an oven, uh, which is good for y'all because I'm going to try to hurry, okay? Um, yeah, go ahead and clap, Jay. I saw that. Um, I want us uh, this morning, though, to talk about and to look why we are here. We're going to begin this morning um, really with uh, what I believe is one of the most important things that we're going to do here in just a little bit, and that is the Lord's Supper. This is something that as a kid we didn't quite understand. Uh, We didn't quite have a grasp as to why uh, we did the things that we did. And And as I got older, I began to understand the sacrifice that Christ took for me. Uh, The fact that he took my cross, he took my shame, my sin, my burden, my punishment. And I recognize and I celebrate and I give thanks for what Christ did for me. So we're going to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 23 through 32. Uh, Normally, we would stand, but I'm going to let you guys, because I know it's hot, I'm going to let you stay where you're at and stay seated um, for the reading of the Lord's word. But we're going to go ahead and begin here in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, um, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a person must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. The one who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not properly recognize the body. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number are asleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. When we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Father, we ask that you bless the reading of the word. Father, that you take and God move mightily within this service. Father, again, I thank you for each person that is here, for each person who had so much work in getting this ready today. I thank you for these leading us today in song. Uh, thank you for Tyler as he prayed and, and, and shared what's going on in our church and also read the importance of today through Scripture. Father, for each visitor that is here, they don't realize how thankful we are for them. They came today. They took out time 
and they set it aside on a beautiful day like this to remember you. So, Father, today, may this be the day that if they do not know you, including even those that come regularly, Father, if there's anyone here who does not know who you truly are, they have not recognized who your son is. Father, today, may that be the day. Or perhaps they are already believers. And, Father, if they're looking for that place to come and to be amongst other believers who love you and, uh, Father, are trying to walk through life to please you, and, 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 Father, we recognize that there are days that we stumble and fall, but because we are the born again, because we're saints, Father, we desire to live a more saintly life. That's us today. I thank you for each child that's here. I love to hear the cries of children because it tells us that, God, we are blessed to have such little ones here, so many. God, thank you. Thank you for this church. Father, thank you for the call that you put upon our life 18 and a half years ago. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for my wife standing beside me all these years, my daughter standing with us, and now our son-in-law. Father, we thank you. We praise you for all good things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We first of all recognize that Paul says that he had received from the Lord instructions. He talks about the fact that he had received this as an apostle. Now, an apostle, some You may not know this, but an actual apostle, we don't have those today. You hear people today call themselves apostles, and the truth is they don't understand what that word means because to be an apostle, you had to have had an encounter physically with Christ. So the disciples obviously would have become apostles, all but Judas, of course, and then you would have had Paul who would have been an apostle because Christ challenged him on the road to Damascus, and that was that interaction between he and Christ. And so the Lord at some point has delivered to Paul the way that the Lord's Supper ought to be done. Now, for those of us who think we know all about the Lord's Supper, let me share with you that when they would partake of this on the day of feast, there would have been four meals given. Four. There would have been four actual meals that they would have partaken of in order to have this feast. And the last one is the one that we're going to celebrate today, and it's one that Paul called the Feast of Thanksgiving. Paul was saying that this should be something that we do in thanks and remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, R. Pratt Jr. writes that he revealed the proper way to observe the Lord's Supper. Paul did by recounting how the Lord Jesus himself had observed it on the night he was betrayed. Four verbal ideas describe the activities surrounding the bread. So let's look at these four. First of all, he says, this is my body. Christ was saying, listen, my body is what will be sacrificed. In the Old Testament, if you go back before the book of Matthew, you're in the Old Testament. And throughout the Old Testament, a sacrifice had to be given. Something had to be done in order for the sins of the people to be forgiven. And it had to be a perfectly good goat or sheep without blemish that was given for the sacrifice. Jesus is saying that there will never be a need for a goat or a sheep again because my body will be given for the sacrifice. So we recognize first that the body of Christ is what we celebrate today. We celebrate that he willingly gave his body upon a cross for you and I. Second, he says... 
which is for you. If you're here today and you're wondering, well, did Christ die for me? Yes, absolutely. That is why that the wording there, which is for you, is there. He died for the ungodly. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we, the, the sinner, might become the righteousness of God. Jesus did what he did for us. Jesus did what he did out of obedience to Christ because you, I mean, out of obedience to God because you and I could not do it for ourselves. Christ suffered death on the cross on behalf of us. Third, he said, do this in remembrance of me. The Lord's Supper was ordained as an event when God's people were to remember the death and resurrection of Christ. Easter, yes, it is an important date within the Christian calendar. It is a day that we all recognize. It's the reason that you are here to celebrate Easter. But the reality of it is every single Sunday we recognize Easter. Do you know that before Christ rose, before the church was established, they would meet on Saturday, which would have been the the Jewish Sabbath. But when Jesus rose from the grave, the church began to meet on the same day, which is Sunday. So the first day of the week, the church meets. Why? Every Sunday, if you didn't know this, the only reason you meet on Sunday is because Christ rose from the grave. That's the only reason that we meet on a Sunday. Otherwise, we'd still be meeting on a Saturday if Christ would not have been able to complete what he came for. But Jesus did. And so every single Sunday, to be honest with you, is Easter. It's not just one day a year. It's not just that one time that we celebrate. No, Easter should be every single Sunday. Easter is what we recognize every single time that we meet, that we meet because Jesus overcame the grave. You look at all the other religions. Every one of their leaders have died. You can go to their tomb and look. My friend, you go to the tomb of Christ and you will find that it was empty. Why? Because he used a borrowed tomb because he only needed it for two and a half days. On the third day, Jesus did what? He rose. The promise that we have. So we have the bread. That bread is important, but the bread really is is just, that was a common thing. They would have always broken bread. And the, the person who was the head of the house would have broken the bread for the people. But if you remember, they were borrowing someone's home to have the, the, this last meal together. Uh, they went ahead of Jesus and found this place, and, and, and they were welcomed in. And so Jesus is there with his disciples. And here's what's so amazing about this time. During the, the Feast of Meals, during this time, Judas himself, the betrayer of Christ, was set literally at the position of importance at the table. Jesus recognized and served his betrayer. Is that not awesome grace? Even up to the time that he was going to go out and betray Christ, even though he knew he'd already been paid to betray him, Jesus still served his betrayer. For those of you that are struggling with forgiveness, my friend, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you better learn how to forgive because our Savior has shown us exactly how to forgive. We must serve those who have hurt us. The Bible tells us to love your enemy. What a beautiful picture of that right here as we look at the Lord's Supper. 
We have the body, then we have which is for you, that's us. And let me tell you the one thing we all have in common here, whether you are a believer or not, let me tell you what everybody has in common. We all need Jesus. Every single person in this place needs Jesus. Every person that we meet, every person that's sitting here, all of you that are, that are new today, I want you to know we do not look at you and go, well, I wonder what y'all did. I wonder what made you need Jesus because let me tell you, we all need Christ. And third, we're to do it in remembrance of me. We're to do this today because Christ has overcome the grave. Then we look at the cup. Paul called this cup the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks. The description makes clear in the same way includes a separate blessing for the cup. So Jesus says in the same way, it says there that that he took the cup. So when we take the cup, we're, we're thinking of the blood of Christ, of what actually took place. And he said to do this in remembrance of me. Paul saw the honor and remembrance of Christ as central to the Lord's Supper. Paul's record of Jesus' words closely parallels Luke's account. The main point is that the wine represents the new covenant in Jesus' blood. So if you're here today and you say that I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, and that's who you are, let me tell you something. You're more than just that. You are a brand new person. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I no longer have to live in my sin. I no longer have to live in my past. Some of the things I tell the inmates that we help at the jail, we tell them on a, every time I get to visit with them, I tell them the same thing. Listen, you owe society a debt that you can pay, but you owe God a debt that Jesus paid. Now, some of them look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what do you mean? I said, listen, what you've done here, you owe society for it. But what you've done against God himself, you could never repay. That is why he sent his son. That is why we recognize the blood. That's why we recognize what Christ did. It was his blood that was posted upon the door of our heart. And whenever we, God sees the blood of Christ upon us, what he sees is he sees his son and the work of his son. And he sees faith from you and I saying that without God, without Christ, I am nothing. So this morning when we partake here in a little bit of the Lord's Supper, let me tell you, I want you to understand, we need to examine ourselves. There are things that we need to get right with God. There are things that we need to get right with our fellow man. Paul recognized within the church that many of them had taken the Lord's Supper and they had just forgotten the purpose of it and they were just having meals to have meals and then to cover their bases, they would quickly do the little last thing there with the bread and the wine. Folks, today I'm asking you to do exactly what we need to do and that is to remember the sacrifice of God. But finally, let me share this. There would be no point for the Lord's Supper if Jesus would not have risen. There would be no point to try and to remember all that God had done for us if Christ would not have overcome the grave. 
Matthew 28, verse 1 through 10 says, Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other, uh, the other Mary came to look at the tomb, and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, and for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. Can you imagine that moment as they're coming to and, and, and the, the stone has been rolled away and there's this angel sitting upon the stone? And his appearance, it says, was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook from fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. But he is not here. Let me read that again. Let's see if we can get a Baptist church excited. And the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Here we have the Savior of the world who has been crucified because of us, our sin, our pain. They have put him in a tomb, a borrowed tomb, a rich man's tomb. The angel has come and rolled away the stone. The women come to find they were going to prepare his body, put the spices on, and it, he is not there. After they hear the news, it says in verse 8, and they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Rejoice! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go, bring word to my brothers to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. My friend, this morning, if you are here and you're wondering why we get excited about Jesus, it is because he has risen. He has overcome I have buried so many people in the past two years. It is unbelievable. I've buried friends. I've buried loved ones. I've buried people I didn't even know. I have watched people come to a grave without any hope whatsoever. But I have yet to see a Christian walk to the grave who knew that their loved one was in heaven with God, who did not walk to the grave without confidence. They walked with confidence. They understood that no matter what has happened to my loved one, I will see them again one day because Jesus has overcome death. And if you're here today and you want to know why you should celebrate today, you should celebrate because your loved one is in heaven celebrating what his Savior did. God is all we have. And because of that, he made sure that Jesus was all we needed. We sing a song called The Old Rugged Cross. You know that song? That's going to be our hymn of invitation today. It's going to be a time for you to come and say, you know what? I want to trust in this God who gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, 
that the world might be what? Saved. That's my prayer for you today. That's the hope that I have for you. You've never experienced Jesus Christ, my friend. Today is the day. Second thing I want to tell you, if all of y'all will come back next Sunday, I will figure out how to stuff us all in a room together. We've got the room over there. We've got the fellowship hall we can play it to. And if you all kept coming, we could go to two services. It's a hard thing to do. But you know what? If you'll keep coming, there's a group of people at this church that will be willing to sacrifice for you to be able to keep coming. Our God is faithful. Amen? He is good. Father, we thank you for that old rugged cross. Father, we thank you for the fact that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Father, I ask this morning that as we prepare for this time, Father, you would deal with our hearts. Lord, show us where we stand with you. Are we yours? Do we belong to you? Have we entrusted ourselves to Jesus Christ? Do we understand that he truly paid it all? And all to him I owe. Father, today, stir our hearts. Maybe this is the place we need to come and make our membership. Maybe this is where we need to be for now on, worshiping together with these people. Then, Lord, move upon us to do that. We pray this in Jesus' precious name.